The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, meet the new director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. Welcome to ACB Reports for October 2012. ACB Reports sadly regrets to announce the passing of Leroy Saunders, 7th President of the American Council of the Blind. Mr. Saunders of Oklahoma City died on September 14th at the age of 82. Leroy Saunders was born and raised in Virginia and began his career with Virginia Industries for the Blind. In 1973, he moved to Oklahoma City, where he was the Assistant Director of the Oklahoma League for the Blind. He later became the executive director of that organization and remained in that position until 1992. He was dedicated to finding ways to improve employment opportunities for people who are blind or visually impaired. Leroy Saunders served as president of the American Council of the Blind from 1989 until 1995. He is survived by his wife Patricia, son Franklin, and daughter Becky. He was highly respected and will be greatly missed by all who knew him, including this reporter who first met him during the ACB convention in Denver in 1990. His family has requested that memorials be made to the American Council of the Blind. That address will appear at the end of this broadcast. From the American Council of the Blind, you're listening to ACB Reports. Earlier this year, Karen Kenninger became the director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped. She was introduced to the ACB Conference and Convention in Louisville, Kentucky by ACB's first vice president, Kim Charlson. In my day job, I'm the library director at the Perkins Braille and Talking Book Library, which is one of the NLS regional network libraries. So over the course of the last 12 years, I've had the opportunity to work side by side with our next speaker. And I couldn't be more pleased to be introducing her to all of you today as the new director of the National Library Service. Karen Kenninger is more than just an administrative bureaucrat. She is truly someone who listens, who's been in the trenches. She's run a library. She's used the library. She knows about Braille. She reads Braille. She does all the things that so many of us do every day. She brings a whole new dimension to the administration of the National Library Service and is truly a great leader, and I'm looking forward to working with her in the future. 
as the whole nature of library service continues and evolves with technologies and so many different things. So it's my pleasure to introduce to you the new director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, Karen Kenninger. Good morning, ACB. I am delighted to be on the program this morning and to talk to you about library service for us. This is an interesting time in library service because everybody says, well, there's all that technology out there, so what do you need with that? And we're saying we need our library service. Let me tell you a little bit about why I think we need our library service, how it's fit into my life, and how I want to work with it in the coming years. When I was seven, I learned to read Braille, and I started using the library services out of the Iowa Library for the Blind in Iowa. That was the first year there was such a thing. And I read my way through childhood. I read my way through high school. When I was in school, I would be able to get anything I wanted to to read. And particularly when I was in high school, I remember a time when I was supposed to do this report on Russia. So I wrote to the librarian in Iowa, who was Mrs. Granis at the time, and I said, I would like to have everything that you have on Russia. I don't think my mailman has forgotten that yet. <laughs> because she sent me everything they had. And it was volumes and volumes and volumes of stuff. And my mailman had to bring a truckload up. And then my dad had to unload it. <laughs> and then, of course, there was the issue of getting it all back. When I was a little girl, Braille books came in brown paper wrapped up in string. And it evolved to those big black boxes and now to those softer boxes. But they still come in the mail. I know that a lot of people have kind of given up their Braille because their mail carriers are not all that friendly about carrying those boxes back and forth. And it's kind of hard to get it to the post office. And I've heard people say this to me. I just, I just don't read that much Braille anymore because it's just too much hassle to get it and send it back. There are a lot of things that I think we can do to improve library service for us because I think that it is critically important that we maintain the service that we have. There's some people out here who are using Audible and saying, oh, you know, this is just as good and I can get Audible. Those, those people can do that. That's fine. There are other people who are out there using iBooks and some people who are out there using Bookshare and Learning Ally and all these other resources. But basic, solid library service for the blind and physically handicapped. That comes through the NLS network. And through the work that we do in Washington and the work that Kim does in Watertown and everywhere else throughout the country. So what's in the future for NLS? Many, many things. Very exciting time at NLS. But one of the things that I think is really important is to maintain the quality of the materials that NLS produces. NLS has had a reputation throughout its history for providing very high-quality audio materials as well as very high-quality Braille. We've worked very hard to maintain that quality level, sometimes at the expense, perhaps, of quantity, but the quality is there. And we believe that it is very important to maintain the quality of NLS materials. We deserve the best. Some of you who've used uh, commercial audio know that the quality 
really doesn't always measure up to NLS standards. And those of you who have used a lot of volunteer-produced materials know that although it's very good to get access to those materials, they don't measure up either. So NLS has set and will continue to maintain the gold standard. That being said, NLS has produced about 2,000 audio titles a year, and if we're lucky, and we haven't been lucky in the last couple of years, about 500 Braille titles. That's maybe 1% of the number of books published in a year. That's not enough. Now, I realize that a lot of the percent of books that are published in a year are not things that I particularly want to read. You know, they're like physics and biochemistry and stuff that you have to get someplace else. But there's a lot of general interest reading material that has been produced. How do we increase our access through the NLS network to that kind of material, to, to more material? Well, there are a number of things on the horizon. One of them is... BARD is up for a makeover, and one of the things that we're going to do for BARD, which is our download service, is to open it up so that the material that Kim produces in Massachusetts and the material that Randy produces in Iowa and that everybody produces all over the country can be loaded on BARD and everybody can have access to it. So that, I think, is one way to get more material in your hands because there's a lot of really good work going on out there, some really pretty high quality. And this isn't stuff that's going to have gone through NLS quality assurance and all that, but it'll be good. We are also going to look at more commercial audio materials as a way to shortcut the process for getting stuff into the NLS system. That's a project that's going to take some care. The publishers, as you know, are really quite concerned about their materials these days, and with all the copying and that kind of thing that goes on out there in the world, they're, they're a little bit nervous about opening up yet one more tiny little window into um, anything. But we're going to be working with them one publisher at a time. We have one publisher that we're using now, Brilliance Audio, but we'll be using more. So I think that'll be good to get some things to you faster. In a little bit longer term, we're going to be looking at some different kinds of processes for certain sorts of materials. I'm not going to go into any detail about that. Just to say that we're looking at all the technologies that are out there, saying what will work, what will maintain the quality, the readability, and the enjoyment levels that we know that we should have and still get more titles out there. So that's one of my goals is more titles. A third goal that I have is basically to leverage the technology that is there and the technology that's coming in order to improve the reading experience and the delivery service experience for everybody. Now, that's kind of a big and and high-level thing to say, isn't it? Like, what does that mean? Well, that means that we will continue to look at ways to improve the digital talking book machine, I have some ideas of ways that that might happen. We are working right now on an iPhone app that will that will be available not tomorrow. Sorry, we are the government and we can't do anything fast, but we can do things well. So we are working on an iPhone app and it should be available soon. Those are just a couple of things that we're looking at. Um, so leveraging technology, that's an ongoing process. Today, the iPhone, the Android. Tomorrow, who knows? Things are changing so quickly, and the opportunities and the possibilities are increasing so dramatically that I can't even tell you what might be the best thing to do a year or two years from now. 
except for one thing, and that's this. Braille. We have hard copy Braille. And we love hard copy Braille, although the post office doesn't. But it's bulky. It's sometimes a little awkward to manage. I have a refreshable Braille display device that I have used for a number of years, and I love it. I love to read on it. I love to have access to it. Now, the problem with a refreshable Braille display is about threefold, one of which, as we all know way too much, is that it's very expensive. The second is that it's kind of fragile. All those little pins popping up out of those little holes. They get dirty, the pins get tired, you know, and once you are missing one dot in a cell, you have trouble because the first time you have a phone number with a dot missing, you have a problem. So the current technology is fragile and very expensive. It's not really something that just anybody can bop out and buy. You know, you can get a Kindle for, I don't know what they are now, $300 or, or less. If you could get a Braille display for that, wouldn't that be nice? Well, there is an international movement going on to research and discover an inexpensive, refreshable Braille cell. And we at NLS are going to join that movement because my dream for every blind person in America who wants it could have a Braille display provided by NLS, the same way we provide the digital talking book machines. Now, that's a big dream, and it's one that's going to take some convincing of Congress, and it's a dream that's going to take a new technology that hasn't yet been invented or proven. So it's not going to happen tomorrow, but that is something that I plan to work toward because I think Braille is that important. Braille is our literacy medium. That's how we read, just like the sighted person uses print. So those are four of my goals. To maintain the quality, to increase the quantity, to leverage the technology, and to put a lot more focus on Braille, improve the Braille program, and bring Braille back into the hands of everybody. And my fifth goal is basically to increase our readership We have gone up and down over the years. As the technology began to fail with the cassette books and better stuff came in in the commercial market, we lost readers. But the problem is basically that there are thousands, probably hundreds of thousands of people in the United States who are eligible for NLS service who do not get it because they don't know it's there. So this is my ask to you. And that is that as you go about your business, if you come across people who could benefit from NLS services, whether they are blind, visually impaired, or have physical disabilities that make it hard for them to use a book, would you let them know about NLS? Tell them about your local library service and tell them about all the treasures that we have to offer. Because the best way to spread the word about a good thing is word of mouth by the people who are actually doing it, which is you guys out there. Those are the goals that I have for the program. I'm working on putting together a strategic plan that will operationalize those goals, and we'll be publishing that sometime in the fall. 
Following her remarks, Ms. Kenninger took questions from the audience. She was asked to discuss the role and importance of patron advisory councils within network libraries. I think there are a couple of things that patron advisory councils are perfectly positioned to do. And one of them is to gather feedback from groups like ACB, your affiliates, your friends, your neighbors, and bring that back to the library. Because one of the things that happens in many libraries is that the librarians get pretty focused on the business of being a librarian, which is the other side of the counter from the business of being a patron. And it's important that the librarians and their staff hear from you out there each time you have an issue or a concern because they're not going to do anything about it if you're quiet about it. They won't even know. I remember we had a patron on one of ours who said, why in the world don't you make the print on these cassettes big enough so I can read it? (laughs) Oh, duh, I'm a blind person. I didn't exactly know there was print on the cassettes. You know, she brought that to our attention. We said, oh, well, we can do that. It's just a matter of changing a couple things. But that was a big aggravation to her, and it was an easy thing to fix. There are a lot of things about the library service that you get from your network libraries that you can talk to them about. And there's another thing that you can do. And this is something that I would really strongly encourage you to do, especially with your network libraries. In many of the network libraries, and my guess is in most, there are people who volunteer And those people volunteer to do all kinds of things in the network libraries. They volunteer to record, they braille, sometimes they file. We had a bunch of volunteers that would sit there and check cassette books every day. But thank your volunteers. I remember writing a note to one of our braillists who'd been working for years and years and years, and she'd done a a bang-up job getting a book ready for me to teach a course. And I just wrote her a note and said, thanks, you know, really, really appreciated the work you did on this. She said to me, About five years later, I still have that note pinned up on my bulletin board because I've only gotten two of those in all the years that I've brailled. This is a real problem. Those people need thanks. So that's the second thing that you as as the councils can do and you as patrons, I think, can do. The next questioner asked how budgets for network libraries could be increased in order to provide more and better services. NLS has to rely on the local libraries, the network regional libraries, to deliver service directly to the patrons because we don't have enough staff and we don't have enough resources to do that kind of direct service mostly. One of the things that we have done that I think can go some direction in that regard is BARD. We do now have a download service so that you can go directly to BARD, which is basically NLS, and you can download books, and you'll be able to download Braille pretty soon. Well, you can anyway from Web Braille. That'll be converted to BARD as well. But, but we do have that, and that is one thing that we can do. But we're not in a position financially or any other way really to do that. So what I would say, and I should have added this to my comment about the advisory councils, is that you are advocacy groups, and you, the place you need to go is to your legislators, and you need to tell your legislators that you need funding for your libraries, and you need to go in mass as your ACB affiliate, take them all down there to the state house, and take your canes and your dogs and walk around and talk to people and be really present and make sure they totally understand how important it is because all politics is local. 
And whatever you do at the local level is going to impact you. A lot of places have had significant service cuts. One of the other things that we can do and we are doing is looking at technologies in other ways so that we can deliver things more efficiently, which will make some changes in the regional libraries in terms of the need for some of the staff. But that's a ways out. The discussion of better services then turned to more and better Braille, provided with a more efficient timeline. NLS has had some difficulty getting the contracting out for and then getting the results back from Braille producers. Producing hard copy Braille the way that we have traditionally done it is slow, it's expensive, and we just lost one of our major producers. They're not going to do it anymore. So, And that's a lot of the reason that we've had fewer options, fewer selections over the past couple of years. We are actively looking for new suppliers people who are organizations that will um, do Braille production. We're also looking at taking the Braille production and dividing it into pieces so that perhaps one supplier will do the transcription work and another supplier will do the production work because we think that we can find more viable contracts that way. So we're very much aware of the fact that the um, Braille program has slacked a little bit, but that's going to change. The second question about is hard copy Braille going to go away I know that NLS will continue to produce hard copy Braille, but I also know that the world is going digital and that as we are able to keep up with that, we have to be able to go there to a significant extent. How long we will be able to afford, frankly, to do hard copy Braille is something that we will be looking at over the next, I would say, 10 years, but I don't see any decrease in it in the short term. Ms. Kenninger says to expect Braille and other enhancements to the Braille and audio reading download, BARD, system soon. A couple of major revisions to BARD are on the table, and that will incorporate Web Braille and several other features. The ability to do a more focused search will be in probably the next iteration. They call it faceted searching and all that. It's It's cataloging stuff. But there will be ways to narrow the searches much more significantly through the BARD interface in the future. However, you can do that right now with the catalog search. She was then asked about the National Library Service policy regarding the production of a complete series of books. I think in the past, at some point, there was a thought that it would be better to give people a wider variety of things. If you had to only pick 2,000 books, you know, if you did full series of a few things, then you would leave out everything else. But what we're hearing from people is that series from start to finish are what you want to read. So we have taken that seriously, serially, and we're working in that direction. Now, with regard to the download, I know that some of the series are up there that are being converted from cassette. We've got 37,000 more cassette titles to convert, and a lot of the series are kind of in there, and some of them are coming up sooner than others for reasons that have to do with things like quality of the masters and some other stuff. So we do have a lot of work to do in terms of converting a lot of those series that we already do have on cassette, and we are working on that. But we do hear you about wanting to read a series from start to end. The final question was about the future of the Braille Music Collection. The Braille Music Collection is trucking along. One of the things I know that they're beginning to work on is the digitization of the audio materials for the Braille Music Collection. 
that'll be coming. Um, they're adding stuff all the time, and they've got some catalogs they need to update. There's a lot of work to be done, but we're working on it. Karen Kinninger, director of the National Library Service for the Blind and Physically Handicapped, was recorded during the annual conference and convention of the American Council of the Blind in Louisville, Kentucky, July 2012. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports.